Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. preparing to come out this morning I I had a real like a picture that God I felt give me for this morning um, I, it was a picture of Joshua do you remember just before he went in to possess the city of Jericho uh, he had an encounter with Jesus the captain of the Lord's armies and he had a sword drawn and I felt like God said that he that he's ready to come remember the Jericho it says it was shut up there was a wall very thick wall around it and no one could get in and no one could get out and i really felt like that god was saying he was ready to come in and to do business today because some of you are feeling like you're shut up some of you are feeling like there's a wall around you and that nothing's getting through and i just felt like god said this morning before we start that i should say this that he's ready to come and to break down those walls that the enemy might try to put around you to stop you from hearing God's word this morning. So uh, we're going to start, uh, as Dave has said, we know that the last couple of weeks that Dave and Phil have been looking at uh, at unanswered prayer from the text of uh, thy will be done. And so we're moving forward a little bit this morning to the next part of the Lord's prayer, which says on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not used to this thing, so let's hope that this starts to operate no yes oh we've gone too far okay let's just go back one on earth as it is in heaven you can tell i'm not too used to this um, newfangled stuff and you know as i thought about this word on earth as it is in heaven and i know we're talking about contemplative prayer um i felt like god said that contemplative prayer means prayer uh, contemplative prayer means to commune with heaven while still on earth and i know that the word contemplative is not actually used in the scriptures and that's why this next i don't actually think can you read that you can uh, a brief history of the contemplative prayer is this that it's it's no also known as christian meditation the prayer of the heart or centering prayer and it's a kind of silent gazing on God, an exploration into the limitless mysteries, mystery that is God. Its history is closely tied with the development of the monastic movement from the times of the desert mothers and fathers. And in the middle of the third century AD, Decius was the Roman Empire, and many Christians were being persecuted and killed at that time. This was the catalyst for the move of some Christians to flee into the Egyptian desert in order to devote themselves to living the kind of lives they saw as closer to the biblical ideal. At that time, many people who even professed to know Jesus were using prayer in a sort of belittling way, just as a means of getting what they wanted. And these, these mothers and fathers of the faith wanted more. They wanted to be truly obedient to God. So by the late third century, this became the start of monasticism in the Eastern Mediterranean area. So that's just a little backup as to where the word contemplative came from. Now, 
I really need to say this, that it's not New Age. This, this doesn't come from New Age, and its roots aren't in Eastern religions either, because Eastern religions teach that the source of salvation is found within, that you don't need the cross, and that the fundamental human problem is not a sin against a holy God, uh, because they advocate that meditation and higher forms of consciousness are a way to discover a secret inner divinity. And Eastern religions are all about emptying our mind instead of filling it with God's word. So I wanted just to give you this quote, far from emptying one's mind in a pointless manner, contemplation aims to remove distracting thoughts in order to adore God and to surrender to God's presence. The practitioners of contemplative prayer also saw that their practices, uh, they saw their practices as deeply dependent on scripture. So the word contemplative is not used in the Bible, but the word meditation is used. And uh, the meditation is something that's talked about a lot in the Bible, uh, especially in Joshua chapter one, where he, God tells Joshua to meditate on, on his word day and night. And it's also used in Psalm chapter one as well. And it actually means, and I'm going to just give you um, what the, the notes in the Spirit-filled Bible say about meditation. They say that it means to reflect or to moan or to mutter or ponder, to make a quiet sound such as sighing. And you know that you've heard some people saying about, about sighing prayers, about how we can just take deep breaths. It's good to take deep breaths and we can, we can just pray something like, our Father who art in heaven. Often I'm walking around the roads and I'm saying, Lord, I love you. Thank you for saving me. Those are just prayers that can be prayed like in a meditative way. But let me read a little bit more about this because the word in the Hebrew is Hagah, which means, it means something very different to our English word meditation. Because our English word has the idea of it being a mental exercise. Whereas in Hebrew thought, to meditate upon the scriptures is to quietly repeat them while utterly abandoning ourselves from distractions. And from this tradition, this Jewish tradition, comes a specialized type of Jewish prayer called davening, D-A-V-E-N-I-N-G. That is reciting prayers, praying intense prayers, or getting lost in communion with God whilst rocking back and forwards. So it's like the Jewish people, you'll see them, the Orthodox people, rocking back and forwards as they pray. And I remember the first time I really noticed this was way back in, in 1984, a long time ago. Myself and a friend were going on a backpacking holiday to Israel. Uh, and we, we went, we, we booked a, a very cheap flight on Dan Air. And if you remember Dan Air, then it sort of says a lot about you know, your age, but uh, in Dan, those days, Dan Air was the way to travel because it was cheap. And so I remember getting onto this plane and it was full of Orthodox Jewish men. And uh, they were all in their black and, you know, the Jewish uh, dress. And so as we got near to Israel, 
a whole lot of these Jewish Orthodox men started to move up to the front of the plane until the whole front of the plane, they were standing at the top and they began to get their prayer books out and they began to do this davening. They began to mutter and, and read uh, out of the prayer book, out of the Torah. And so uh, this, is, uh, this is typical. And, and you know, if you go to, if you come with, to Israel with, with Phil and me sometime, you'll, you'll go, we'll go to the, to, the east, to the Western Wall and you'll see it's full of Jewish people and they're doing this davening. And sometimes you'll see them even uh, t taking the prayer shawl and they'll throw it over their head and it's to cut out the world. It's to, it's to, to give them... to take away any distractions if they can continue to do this prayer with God. And of course, that reminds me of what Jesus said, when you pray, enter into your closet. And actually putting this prayer cloth over their head is just to do that, it's to be alone with God. And so meditation or contemplation is about being alone with God. It's about speaking God's word. It's not about opening up your mind to nothingness. It's about getting to know God's word. And if you listen to the video of... of um, I'm watching my time here. If you listen to the video this week with um, Pete Gregg, you know that he talks about how contemplative prayer means putting down your roots into God. It means to uh, learn to have the mind of Christ, to think like him, to think like his word. And it means knowing his word. We need to know God's word if we're going to really get into contemplative prayer. Jesus said that we should abide in him, that there is power, that he wants us to be one with him and he is called the word of God and we need to get into agreement with the word of God if we are going to uh, get to know him. And so meditation on God's word means meditating on the scriptures and, and, and opening ourselves up to until our mind is fully taken up with Christ and uh, until, as Pete Gregg said, we are lost in wonder, love, and, pray and praise. And so this is the kind of prayer. And I wanted to talk to you today about this kind of prayer and what it actually does. Richard Foster is a Quaker theologian. And he says how this type of prayer will bring us into the delight of the, of, of the Lord. It will bring us into a place of, of knowing a deeper a relationship of love with God. It'll bring us into a deeper peace with God. It's a relationship that will um, bring us into a greater passion for God. Contemplative prayer will, will do all of these things. It will help us to, to uh, become, uh, have a, have, to actually have a healthy fear of God, that we don't want to do anything that would grieve him or block out the sense of joy that we have in his presence. And here's what I wanted to say from Richard Foster's teaching, which kind of sums up. He says, through contemplative prayer or through meditation, God gradually and slowly captures the inner faculties, first the heart and then the will, then the mind, the imagination and the passions. The result is the transformation of the entire personality into the likeness of Christ. More and more we take on his habits, his feelings, hopes, faith, and love. You know, um, it's so important that we spend time to pray 
with God. So important that we get his word into our hearts. And Richard Foster says that we will be transformed. And this is a big part of what I wanted to speak about this morning. That contemplative prayer is that union or oneness with God. Remember, Jesus said that he prayed that we would be one with him and the Father. And when we pray like this, we become one with him. And it changes us. It transforms us. And so this morning, really the center of what I want to say is that God wants you to be transformed, to become more like him. And I believe that contemplative prayer is a big key for this now, how do we do it? Well, we need, to, we need to look at the cow because the cow chews its cud. And just like the cow eats grass and then lies down to chew more thoroughly, it's able to voluntarily unswallow. Did you know that? That when the cow lies down, it unswallows what it's just eaten and it chews it all over again and swallows it again, and then repeats the process over and over. And that's called rumination, or chewing the cud. And this is actually what we do when we meditate or contemplate on God's word. We contemplate on who he is and how beautiful he is. We, we repeat uh, words of scripture. We allow it to become part of us. To ruminate means to, for the food that the cow eats becomes part of the cow. And, and we need God's word. We need to chew it over and over until it becomes part of us, becomes part of who we are. And this is what uh, contemplation or chewing, uh, or this is about chewing over God's word or meditating. This is what it means. And here's the thing, guys, we are all wired for contemplation. God has created you and created me to meditate, to contemplate, the problem is that, well, let me just read this verse. For, for God says, your thoughts are, are, are not my thoughts. This is the trouble. We're wired to contemplate. But since we're born in sin, we contemplate the meditation that we go through, the, the thoughts that go through our mind are not God's thoughts. This is the problem. We all meditate, but we meditate on the wrong stuff. For your thoughts are not my thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So what's, what are we going to do about this? Well, it's interesting that we get saved immediately. The moment we open up our hearts and ask Jesus to be our savior, he comes in and he saves us and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and we become one with him. We are saved in a moment. But our thought process, which has been negative, all of us are born in sin, so we start off building up this kind of bank of, of thoughts in our head. And, and so that, that takes time, that's a process. Just as the cow has to chew and, and it has to ruminate and has to absorb the food, so we need to take time to change. And I wanted, just, I wanted to read this to you. I wrote this down very carefully because I wanted to say this in a very concise way. And I wonder if you can identify with this, this process that I believe happens to all of us. From childhood, and even we know that even in the womb, that children have feelings and experience emotions in the womb. And so from the womb and from childhood, our experiences and our memories develop emotions. 
And since Satan is a liar, he torments us. I want you to concentrate on this, really get this. The enemy concentrate, torments us with lies about the things that have happened to us, about those memories. For example, if we have suffered abuse or loss or abandonment or trauma or whatever, whatever has happened to us in our lives, Satan evokes feelings of fear or shame, self-hatred, being unclean, guilt, rejection, all of these emotions, all of these lies he puts onto us from what happens to us because he wants us to have a wrong perception, not only of what has happened in our lives, but a wrong perception of who we are and a wrong perception about other people and especially a wrong perception about God. And the trouble is that since we are exposed to these negative experiences, it actually opens us up, especially with trauma. When trauma happens, it opens us up to the demonic. And it's almost like these negative, these negative experiences and these memories, it's almost like they give the enemy legal ground to put, for example, a spirit of fear on us or a spirit of rejection or shame or even a spirit of death or foreboding leading to heaviness or depression. And the trouble is that as we get older, the weight of these toxic emotions gets heavier and harder to bear, and the depression and the anxiety increases. I wonder if any of you can identify with that. Now, I know that there are other factors involved. I know that there are chemical imbalances and all of that. But I'm talking about the basic, what happens to all of us as we go through life. And the enemy to confuse matters even further, since as we grow older, we usually forget what happened to us, but we've forgotten the memory of what happened to us in the first place, but the enemy is very good at imprinting the emotion. It has been already imprinted on our mind and in our hearts so that we still go around this. Can you imagine going around a racetrack where you go around a racetrack of emotions that are negative and toxic and so we don't know what, what's wrong with us and we don't know why we don't feel good or we don't know why we're not getting victory, but it's just because our, our thinking is not thinking the way God wants us to think. We are thinking lies and we're thinking according to what's happened to us in our lives and it's become like a racetrack. Did you ever, ever notice that sometimes your mind's just going round the same old track and the enemy wants to keep us there but God's plan is not to keep us there. And the sad thing is that often when we go around that track often enough, it becomes so heavy, it leads then to false comforts. And as we look for false comforts, then we, we take on addictions and all kinds of problems. And it gets to the end, you've forgotten the memories, but you're certainly still feeling the emotions and you don't know what's wrong with you or why, why you're feeling. And of course, we know the enemy loves to bring confusion in. I wanted just to share a personal experience with you, just to give you an example of this. Just before my 13th birthday, my mother was in a car accident and died in a very traumatic way. She was only in her early 30s whenever she died. And, you know, apart from the grief and the loss through my teenage years, you know, I came later in life to realize that I actually was burdened with the fear 
of premature, but of premature death. So my mother had been killed before her time. And actually, I was afraid of death itself. I had this unnatural fear. And I realized later on in life that I needed to go back into that experience and I needed to bring those fears into the light. And over a process of time, God brought back memories to me. And this is what I really want to say to you. Memories are key to you being set free from this racetrack of negative thinking and being brought into think the way God wants you to think. And, and it was only when I invited Jesus into the memories of the loss and the sadness, and I realized I had actually unresolved um, grief in there as well. And it was only through God bringing up memories to me that I was able to invite Jesus into those memories. And it was like going back to being a 12-year-old girl again. And I found that Jesus began to bring healing and freedom as he showed me the truth that he was with me through all of that and that I could trust him. And he began to, to fill me with his truth and, and he began to show me the lies, fear and the lies that the enemy had implanted into my thinking, which was negative and was affecting my emotions. Memories are key for freedom because they remind us where the negative feelings were hooked. And when we invite Jesus into the memory, he redeems the memory. And he replaces the lies with God's word. And as we meditate on God's word and let it become part of us, it begins to transform us. This is what I wanted to say to you about transformation this morning. God wants to see all of us transformed. We are transformed by our thoughts I wanted to talk now very quickly, and we're going to wind up now in a few minutes, about how contemplative prayer can transform our thinking, the words that we speak, and our emotions. And I want to ask you this morning, is that not something that you want to see being transformed, to be more like Jesus? Do you not want to see some change in your life? We're transformed by our thoughts. Romans 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I love Romans 12. And I love where it says that he will transform us. That word transformed is metamorphosis. It's like the butterfly emerging. God wants to do a miraculous metamorphosis in your thought life, and that will change everything. You know, the Bible says, as a man or a woman thinks, so that that's the way they are. Proverbs 23, verse 7. Our mental health is all down to what we think. And when we align our thoughts with God's thoughts and we meditate on God's word, I'll tell you something, we start to be transformed. We need to catch the negative thoughts or imaginations. And this is where 2 Corinthians comes in. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought 
to make it obedient to Christ. This is what contemplative prayer will do. It will catch those negative thoughts and bring them into line with what God says about you or God says about your circumstances or God says about what he's going to do in your life. And of course, our thoughts will change our words. I love, um, I love Proverbs 18 verse, actually that should be 19, no, probably 18, verse 21. Actually, I think that's a wrong reference. I think it should, that should be Psalm 19. Anyhow, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Yeah, it is Psalm 19, verse 14. Sorry, life and death, that's Proverbs 18. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Did you notice it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. I would love this morning that the Holy Spirit would give you a, a, a revelation of how when you start to think the way God thinks and begin to allow God's word to come into your thought patterns, it will actually change the way that you speak and that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You know, so often we speak death over ourselves. So often we speak so negatively over ourselves that we actually, uh, we're actually speaking words that will affect us in really negative ways, will affect our emotions. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my hearts come into line. When we, when we speak and we think, and, and whenever we begin to think and sink, that, that rhymes, whenever we start to think in agreement with what God says about us and our circumstances, then we'll begin to speak out positively over our life and we know the power we know the power of our words as well our thoughts and our words change our emotions i wanted to finish with psalm one. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers you know if we could only understand the delight and the joy that comes, it says, but they delight in the law or the word of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And they are like trees planted along the riverbank that bear fruit each season. Contemplative prayer will not only transform you into a, a person who speaks out powerfully, and, and declares God's word over their lives and over other people's lives and over circumstances, but it will, it will also change your emotions. Contemplative prayer is key for transformation in our lives. It finishes off in Psalm, or verse, verse, Psalm 1, goes on to say, their leaves will never wither and they prosper in all that they do. I, as I thought about this uh, this morning, I thought about how all of us are longing for more. I believe that's why we're all here this morning. We love the Lord Jesus. We love God. We want more of God and we want to be more like him. And so just as we, as we finish off this morning, I would love to challenge you and I would love to say, do you really want to be transformed? Do you really want to allow God's word to start to permeate through your whole body, through your thinking, through your thought patterns? Do you want to change the way you think into healthy, healthy patterns of thought? Do you want to speak out what God, what God speaks over you? 
And do you want to experience the power of changed emotions? Oh, the joys of those who meditate day and night in his word. This is actually, contemplative prayer is actually the, the meaning of praying without ceasing. And just as I wind up this morning, and as I'm just about to pray, I would love to challenge all of you, and I'm speaking to myself here as well. I would love if you would like to experience this deeper transformation, if you would like your thought patterns and the words that you speak and, and the emotions that you feel, if you would like them all to come in line with heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, if you would like to experience this, I would love for you to stand this morning because I want to pray over you and I'm standing because I want more of God and I want my thought patterns to come into line with God. So I'm going to throw this out to you right now. Our time is almost up and I want just to be quick, quick about this. But if you feel that you would like more, I'm asking you to stand and I'm going to pray over you in agreement that from this day forward that we might know more of contemplative prayer in our lives. I'll just give you a moment. Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that when we, when we allow ourselves to meditate on your word, when we look into your face, when we, when we, when we, when we gaze upon your face, and when we allow your word to infiltrate our hearts, I thank you, O oh God, that changes begin to happen. I thank you, O oh God, that you change the way we think and you change the way we speak and you change the way we feel. And so, Lord, this morning, just as I pray over everyone who's standing and I'm praying over myself as well, God, I just thank you that your word is full of power. It's power packed. And God, I pray this morning that every single person who has stood here this morning, that they might experience more and more of replacing those negative thought patterns with your word and of allowing your word to really get into their system, into everything that's going on in their lives, day and night, that they might know the power of your word. And I want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you that your word is true and that there are joys, even in hard times, there are joys to those who meditate in your word. Oh, the joys. Thank you, Lord, that your word promises that those who meditate on you will prosper in all that they do. And I just speak over all of you this morning, just what the Apostle John wrote in his third epistle. He said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and in health, just as your soul prosperous. I just pray this morning, Lord, as people go out, that they might know that they have stood to say, yes, Lord, I want more and I want to come in line with you. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are, that you are the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the power that's in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.